Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome back to the Barbell Medicine Podcast. I'm Dr. Jordan Feigenbaum. Today on episode 256, we're going to talk about a study that's likely to be all over the mainstream media for the next few days. The study is called Cardiometabolic Effects of Omnivorous versus Vegan Diets in Identical Twins. It was published yesterday in the Journal of the American Medical Association, or JAMA, by a research group out of Stanford. Yep, that basically checks all the boxes for a study to make the news. So let's take a look at the study and see what they found. The research group based in Northern California recruited 22 pairs of identical adult twins, so 44 adults. Identical twins, also called monozygotic twins, develop from a single egg that's fertilized by a single sperm, which splits after the egg starts to develop. This means there are now two fertilized eggs sharing 100% of their genetic material. By comparison, dizygotic twins share about 50%, which is about the same as we see in non-twin siblings. In this study, the majority of the twins still live together, thereby reducing the contribution of differing environments on the results. Just pretty cool. So you have identical genetics and about 75% of the sample group, they actually still lived with the opposing twin. So that makes for a pretty interesting study right from the outset. Now in this study, the majority of the twins were women, five pairs were men, the average age was about 40, and the subjects were predominantly white, the average BMI of about 26. We'll get to the blood work later when we talk about results, but these twins were apparently healthy based on just the baseline data. At random, one of each twin was assigned to either the vegan or omnivorous group. Because of their identical genetics, any differences between the diets would presumably be more clear. So let's take a look at the diets. Now, the study itself lasted for eight weeks, and it was made up of two distinct four-week phases. The first four-week phase had the vegan or omnivorous meals delivered by a meal prep company, and the second four-week phase, they were self-prepared, so the folks cooked them at home. Now, during the delivery weeks, the average energy intake was about 1,629 calories per day in the vegan group and 1,815 calories in the omnivorous group. This gap was about the same when the twins entered that second four-week phase and had to cook for themselves. For protein, the vegans averaged about 60 grams of protein per day in both phases, whereas the omnivorous group consumed about 90 grams of protein in both phases. Carbohydrates were about 200 grams per day in the vegan group during the delivery phase, which slightly increased during the second phase where they cooked for themselves. Omnivores, on the other hand, ate a little bit less carbohydrates at 180 grams per day, and that remained about the same for both phases. Finally, dietary fat was about 70 grams in the vegan group for both phases compared to 80 grams per day in the omnivore group for both phases. Now, it should be noted that all of this food intake data collected is based on unannounced 24-hour dietary recalls. I can imagine the Kool-Aid man busting into their houses being like, oh yeah, fill out this dietary recall. While this type of dietary assessment tool has been validated for accuracy, they have been shown to be imprecise. It would have been cool to have more exact data, especially from the delivered meals. I mean, you're already making the food, so you could know exactly what the folks were delivered combined with some sort of analysis on adherence. 
That would be more controlled, sort of like a metabolic ward study where they lock people in a research facility and feed them exactly what the researchers want. It would have been really nice to have a version like that. Not quite as tidy, but pretty close. In any case, this is what we're working with. The vegan group apparently ate less calories, less protein, and less fat, and more carbs than the omnivorous group. And in both cases, subjects were instructed to choose minimally processed foods, build a balanced plate, whatever that means, with vegetables, starch, protein, and healthy fats, choose variety within each food group, and individualize these guidelines to meet preferences and needs. Now, they had two Zoom calls, I think, with the registered dietitians, ultimately to help these folks be adherent to whatever dietary pattern they were assigned to. Now, weight loss was not discouraged in this study, but they also didn't advocate for it. They told participants basically to eat until they were full. Blood work and other measurements were performed at baseline, so it's before the study started, again, after four weeks at the end of phase one where meals were being delivered, and at the end of week eight, after the subjects did the same diets by cooking their own food for four weeks. The primary outcome or main subject of interest in this study was what happens to the twins' low-density lipoprotein cholesterol levels, that's their LDL cholesterol, when exposed to the two different dietary patterns. LDL cholesterol is the lab test that tells you the amount of cholesterol being carried on a specific lipoprotein, and we call that lipoprotein LDL. This is often called bad cholesterol because LDL is the main, although not the only, lipoprotein that gets into the blood vessel walls, depositing cholesterol and setting off inflammation that causes plaque to grow on the inside of your vessels. Now, it should be noted that the baseline LDL cholesterol levels in the study were pretty low to begin with, the 114.6 milligrams per deciliter average for both groups. This basically leaves less room for improvement compared to a much higher level. Still, in this age group, and these folks were close to 40, the current guidelines for those without heart disease is to have an LDL cholesterol level below 100, or ideally below 70 milligrams per deciliter. Now, at the eight-week follow-up, the vegan group lowered their LDL cholesterol levels by about 13.9 milligrams per deciliter more than the omnivorous group, down to an average level of 95.5 milligrams per deciliter for the vegans compared to 116.1 milligrams per deciliter for the omnivore group. For secondary outcomes, the study also showed that those in the vegan group decreased their fasting insulin by 2.9 micro-international units per liter compared to the omnivore group. The vegan group also lost an additional 1.9 kilograms, so that's about 4 pounds, compared to the omnivore group. Changes in HDL, triglycerides, B12, fasting glucose also went down in the vegan group from baseline, but this difference was not statistically significant compared to the omnivore group who saw smaller, yet similar, decreases. Interestingly, the subjects in the vegan diet arm, they reported a decrease in dietary satisfaction on every measure apart from the healthy lifestyle scale, which increased at weeks 4 and 8 relative to baseline. Further, these same participants, they basically reported the largest decrease in diet satisfaction when eating outside of the home at weeks 4 and 8 compared to the baseline. Among participants in the omnivorous diet arm, diet satisfaction either increased at weeks 4 and 8 or was maintained from baseline reported levels. Now, both studies were likely eating healthier in the study than at baseline. There was less sugar, less refined grains, more vegetables and whole grains. So it's interesting to me that only the vegan arm actually reported a decrease in dietary satisfaction. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. After going to the gym, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? For me, I'd probably do some more reading or get outside of nature, maybe both. Whether we're talking about training, a dietary change, or just life, the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you. Therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. Of course, therapy isn't a single thing per se, but working with a licensed therapist may be helpful for many folks to learn positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and overall empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suit you, the individual. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com barbellpod today to get 10% off your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash BarbellPod for 10% off your first month. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, so what does all this mean? So the authors go on to conclude that in this randomized clinical trial of the cardiometabolic effects of an omnivorous versus vegan diet in identical twins, the healthy vegan diet led to improved cardiometabolic outcomes compared with a healthy omnivorous diet. All right, so let's assess that claim. Let's take a closer look at the results. First, LDL cholesterol went down by an average of 13.9 milligrams per deciliter more in the vegans from the baseline average of 114 to the eight-week test was 95.5. At face value, this looks like a pretty significant decrease, but we have to remember that LDL cholesterol, that number, is derived from the Friedewald equation, which estimates LDL cholesterol as long as HDL cholesterol, triglycerides, and total cholesterol parameters are already known. Now, this estimate of LDL cholesterol has about a 2.7% analytical variation. That's the variation in the test due to the test itself, the limitations of the test in and of itself. And there's also an 8% biological variation which is how much the test can vary in the same person based on normal human physiology. The difference between 114 to 95.5 seen in this study in the vegan group is well within that so-called reference change value, which is the smallest change required to conclude that two serial measurements are likely different from each other. Additionally, this study was done for only eight weeks, which is pretty short to assess the magnitude of LDL cholesterol changes. We can't say for sure whether the change would have been bigger, smaller, or non-existent at six months or a year, had the people kept eating this way. And on top of that, at eight weeks' time, we can't really say if the LDL cholesterol changes are really different anyway. Another confounding variable in the results is the weight loss in the vegan group of about four pounds compared to the omnivores who more or less maintain their weight. We know that weight loss in and of itself from any diet tends to reduce LDL cholesterol, 
So it'd be nice if there was a subgroup analysis or individual data from those in the groups who did lose weight, those who did not lose weight, and those uh, who maybe even gained weight. Because of the weight change, though, it's just hard to feel confident that the results are due solely to the vegan diet and not, at least in part, due to the weight loss. Now, on to the fasting insulin levels. The decrease in fasting insulin of 2.9 micro-international units per liter is of unknown significance to me. I'm going to just admit that to you. As far as I can tell, going from a healthy level to a slightly lower but still normal level is hard to interpret. One, we don't really know the analytical and biological variation in the test itself in this population to know if this difference is real or just numbers on paper. Two, we also don't know if this lower level correlates with better health outcomes. Suffice it to say, I don't really know what to make of this other than it's interesting, kind of. Overall, I expect this study will get lots of airtime over the next few days on TV, radio, podcasts, and yep, likely social media. It's super cool that they use twins, many of whom live together, to control for genetic and environmental influences, and I'm guessing the headline will be something like, vegan diets are healthier than eating meat, or something polarizing like that. That's just the nature of the beast, and though it's not really what the study showed, I don't totally hate the message. Just hear me out on this. There's overwhelming amounts of data suggesting that shifting towards a more plant-based whole foods diet is beneficial for the vast majority of folks. Eating more fruits, eating more vegetables, whole grains, and less ultra-processed foods with added sugar, added sodium, and added fats is a dietary pattern I think we all would agree is healthier. Vegetarians and vegans also tend to eat an average of 263 and 600 fewer calories per day compared to those who eat both plants and meat, respectively. So for most, eating less calories and more plants is going to be a net benefit. The question that remains here is whether or not replacing lean, minimally, or unprocessed animal sources of protein with plant proteins in a diet that otherwise is already heavily plant-based, i.e. there's a lot of whole grains, vegetables, fruits, and legumes being consumed. And, you know, that's just a matter of debate. In this study, the authors conclude that there's some signal indicating that, yes, shifting to all plants all the time would be beneficial. However, I'm not sure I buy that the changes in LDL or fasting insulin are really that meaningful. Probably the strongest health-related support for replacing meat with plant protein and shifting towards a vegan dietary pattern from this study was in the differences in weight loss. An additional four pounds in eight weeks is pretty significant, especially in folks who really didn't have that much to lose. The average BMI, again, was just about 26. Still, it's not clear that the weight loss would persist or that people would even continue with the vegan dietary pattern itself, given that they were increasingly dissatisfied with the diet. My personal opinion is that those eating this dietary pattern, which is admittedly rare amongst the general population at large, I mean, just how many people out there are eating a mostly plant-based diet, but with some lean animal sources of protein, it's just not that many. But I suspect that replacing lean animal protein in this like small subset of people with plant protein, I don't think that's going to make too big of a difference. Similarly, I don't think that shifting a vegetarian or vegan's dietary pattern to include more lean protein sources from animals would be beneficial for them. Yes, getting enough protein to maximize results from training can be more challenging on a vegan or vegetarian diet for some, but I don't think that's universal to a plant-based dietary pattern either. I feel like any change in the dietary pattern can make things more challenging in general. And the truth is, getting about 1.4 to 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram body weight per day is going to be enough for most to maximize their results from the gym, regardless of if they're vegan or omnivores. At that level of protein intake, the protein source having more or less essential amino acids or whatever other component of protein that interests you matters relatively little because the dose of protein is so high. That's it for this episode of the Barbell Medicine Podcast. If you like this episode, share it with a friend and please leave us a five-star review. Thanks for listening.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 